Hello, and welcome to the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement's podcast, Wonks at Work. I'm Craig Wilson, your host, a self-declared wonk, dad of two boys, native Arkansan, and I've been the health policy director at the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement for more than a decade. On this show, we aim to demystify, boil down, and unwonk, if you will, complex topics so that you can understand how the healthcare system is working or not working for you. On our 20th episode, we're going to turn our attention back to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, it's my fervent hope that by the time we launch this episode, the Delta variant wave will be in a complete freefall. But there is no question that over the last several months, we've experienced some of the most trying moments during the public health emergency, which has now extended beyond a year and a half. During the most recent months, our system has been stretched to its breaking point. In August, Arkansas reached its highest number of COVID-19 hospitalizations ever, more than 1,400. And there were points at which intensive care unit beds were completely full, with patients being sent to hospitals in faraway states. Even more, the people who are caring for those patients who are infected are tired and frustrated with the fact that people are chasing misinformation and ignoring the science resulting in 90% of the infected people showing up at hospitals being unvaccinated. Now, to share with us his experiences on the front line is Dr. Jason Holder, who is a pulmonologist, partner with Pulmonary Associates, and attending physician at multiple facilities, including Baptist Health and CHI St. Vincent, where he has also served as chief of medicine. He's a University of Arkansas graduate and completed medical school along with his residency and fellowship at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. He has way too many board certifications to name, so let me just say that he is more than well qualified to be on this podcast as an expert wonk. He and his wife have four kids, so clearly he's a busy guy. Welcome to the show, Dr. Holder, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, now, before we jump into the more serious stuff, I have to have to let everybody know who you are. So what keeps you busy when you're not working? Not working. Uh, what's that like <laughs> these days, right? Um, well, w- when I get a chance to, to get away from the hospital, um, my time is, uh, I'd say, consumed with family life, um, with four kids. Um, uh, it's combined with uh, wrestling, gymnastics, jiu-jitsu, cheerleading, okay. you know, all these things. All the uh, I mean, it's, it's a joy, but it, uh, it does keep us busy. Um, you know, home projects that are, that are always, uh, upcoming. Um, there's, uh, there's, uh, a lot of time that we spend at, uh, Lake Washita. Uh, uh, we have beautiful. a beautiful little place down there that, uh, is, a just a, a quiet little respite away from the hustle and bustle of, of all yeah. this that's going around us. So, uh, we like to get out on the boat. We like to go fishing, uh, hiking now that the weather's starting to turn. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've recently... Started getting into mushroom foraging, and oh, uh, interesting. That's uh, that's been exciting, and uh, I look forward to learning more about that in a, in a safe way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, personally, uh, if I do something by myself, it's usually uh, reading at night until I fall asleep, or up before dawn and running. Uh, <laughs> so that's pretty much what I do. So uh, a little birdie, uh, who is your your sister uh, Jennifer, who's on our staff, told me that um, you're a pretty accomplished trumpetist too. 
<laughs> well, back in the day, that's true. I, I, to some extent, um, I suppose I, I, I did. I did play in the Razorback marching band and yeah. the Hogwild basketball bands. Um, I was a music major my first year in college, and that that was on the dime of the music department as a as a with a, with a uh, trumpet scholarship. Um, it's been a while though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think I, 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 I could probably still do some of it. I kind of <laughs> did the same thing. Did a little little bit of music in my first year and realized, you know, I I'm not so good at math. This music theory thing is just it's all math, and I'm not so good at that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get away from that. So. <laughs> Um, so I asked this of all of our wonky guests because this is a little bit of a, a music show as much as it is a, a health show. So what would you say is your theme song? So I knew you were going to ask this, and um, I spent some time thinking about this and listened to several tracks. And, uh, you know, I was tempted <laughs> to, to come up with some kind of iconic uh, type right, of song. Right, but right. I think what fit what fits me right now is uh, a song by the Black Keys, mm. uh, uh, Act Good Nice band. and Gentle. Just show some Yeah, it's just uh, I love the melody, and it just kind of it takes me back to a, a simpler time, and yeah, and maybe something that I long for right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so turning to the more serious stuff, shall we say? Uh, give us a glimpse of what it's like for Docs. Uh, and nurses right now in the hospital in the in the midst of of this wave. So y- you mentioned the Delta variant, um, and uh, basically it's been demoralizing. Okay, yeah. um, uh, the surge caused by the Delta variant uh, it just you know led us to feel a little bit shocked and disappointed because we really felt like we'd had this licked and yeah. life was kind of getting back to normal back in the springtime yeah. and the masks were coming off. We were going on spring break. We were planning vacations. Yeah, planning on vacations yeah. again, getting together with families and with family at restaurants. Um, but now there's this wave, uh, very sick patients. Um, it's crashing down on us. Um, and we kind of feel like the wind's out of our cells a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've rebounded, we've pulled together as a team, and, you know, we support each other, we roll up our sleeves, we get back to work, and we do what we do best, which is to take, take care of patients. Yeah. But it's just different this time. You know, the patients are younger, they're sicker. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's been a, it's been a struggle. Um, and, and it's not just the, the physical toll on, on everybody, right, but certainly the mental toll. It's uh, mental, uh, spiritual, emotional. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are probably the the hardest. I and mean, you can all always recover from the physical stress of things with yeah. some rest. Uh, but you know, the more uh, mental and emotional uh, things, they tend to hang yeah. on. Yeah. And you mentioned that the that the patients are younger and sicker. But is there is there anything else that's that's different than what you were seeing before and how you were treating COVID patients than early in the pandemic? Uh, so early in the pandemic, we basically saw um, elderly patients that were that were frail, oftentimes institutionalized mm-hmm. in nursing homes and those sorts of places. Um, it preceded uh, vaccination. Uh, it preceded uh, other therapies like the convalescent plasma or antiviral medications. Um, but now, you know, the the virus ran through that population of people. Yeah. Um, and so there, I guess there to to those those pods of people there's some maybe there's some herd immunity and also you know the vaccine is available now and those have been effective and everybody in a nursing home uh and elderly for the most part have have had the vaccine and so now uh, what's left are 
you know, a higher proportion of the population that are younger and that, um, you know, they may have a few health problems, but are otherwise oftentimes relatively healthy, you know, 20, yeah. 30s and 40s. Mm. And so um, it's been difficult to accept uh, going from thinking of this as uh, an illness of the, the elderly, infirmed uh, 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 patients to something that could really reach out and, and get anybody. Yeah, yeah. So I, I hear a lot about COVID pneumonia. Uh, what does that mean from a, from a clinical standpoint? So... We think of pneumonia as a syndrome, and it consists of a constellation uh, of findings and symptoms. Um, it's typically an infectious process, uh, often caused by bacteria, uh, by, but other potential organisms uh, would include viruses such as COVID or influenza okay. or other ones that you've heard of. Um, but additional, addition, in addition to that would be fungal organisms. Uh, in this case, of course, we're talking about a viral pneumonia. Um so pneumonia results in a uh, characteristic radiographic findings on like chest X-rays and CT scans. Um, we call these infiltrates. Um, they can be either diffuse and hazy or perhaps more dense and consolidated. Uh, COVID and other viruses tend to cause more diffuse, hazy infiltrates. And you may have heard these referred to as, uh, quote, ground glass opacities or infiltrates uh, uh. on a chest X-ray or CT scan. Um, physically, uh, pneumonia, it results in various degrees of symptoms. You, you know, it causes shortness of breath, coughing, fever, uh, rapid breathing, which we call tachypnea, uh, rapid heart rate, which we call tachycardia. You can uh, usually have low oxygen levels, which we call hypoxia. Um, certain lab values will be um, elevated, and potentially you can have severe respiratory failure. It's, and, uh, it's, it's fairly common with a, with a covid patient. It was, is that right? Or, or, is there, or are there other things that could happen? It's common for me to see COVID pneumonia oh, and, as a critical care doctor. <laughs> um, but I would not say that it's common for most people who are infected with COVID. I think most people who have a COVID infection do not develop pneumonia. Yeah. Okay. It's more of a, a mild infection that, you know, as, we, as, we've, as we've learned, some of it's relatively asymptomatic. Sure, sure. So, um, What's what's been the most challenging for you professionally during this time? Um, I think I would say that it's the constant strain of fighting this disease, uh, this virus. It's just caused so much suffering uh, to patients and their grieving families. And then we see some improvement in case numbers and we catch a glimmer of hope. And, and then it all just comes crashing down again uh, with this latest surge. Uh, and it's just been, you know, quite disheartening. Uh, particularly because it's been uh, somewhat preventable because of the effective vaccines that we do have available. Sure. And, and really, I see these vaccines um, in the way that they were developed and implemented as just really being a m miracle of modern science <laughs> and modern me medicine. I mean, I, I can't imagine, you know, a greater triumph in medicine than the way these vaccines were produced and, and brought to the public in, in just such record time. It's been pretty amazing. It, it really is. And it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult to, to grasp just how poorly they're understood uh, and distrusted by the public. Mm -hmm. um, instead of listening to professionals and their doctors who really have their best interest at heart, uh, they turn to Facebook and TikTok and politicians uh, to get medical advice and basically to, it seems like to find whatever narrative fits yeah. what they're wanting to believe yeah. in. And it's just so unnecessary. What about, what about on the personal front? What's... Um, it's time away from my family. It's time away from my home and things that I would like to be doing. Uh, 
it's impossible for me to go from being a critical care physician at the hospital all day, uh, caring for patients that are frequently dying, yeah. um, uh, counseling, uh, grieving families that are heartbroken, and then just uh, take off the doctor hat, go home and try to put on the dad hat and father, uh, uh, husband hat and uh, not have that affect me and have some of those emotions and struggles that carry over uh, with me into my personal life and personal time. Yeah, I can't imagine what it's like for, for folks in your position. It's just, as you, as you mentioned, demoralizing. I, I can't imagine. But um, it, it, we've seen a lot of the short-term and immediate impacts of COVID clearly um, and the mortality associated with it. But we, we sometimes forget about patients who recover but may have some lingering effects. Are, are you seeing that or do you expect to see long-term health is, issues associated with it? Uh, yes, to all the above. Uh, I think that we're in the midst of caring uh, for those patients right now with long-term health issues. Uh, many of those have survived their uh, acute respiratory failure, uh, their ventilator requirements. Uh, oftentimes, they were on the ventilator long enough that they've uh, had what's called a tracheostomy, mm-hmm. which was an airway they put we put yeah. in the front of the neck. Um, and then they end up in long-term care facilities where they spend weeks or months uh, weaning off the ventilator. Um, and that's uh, just the respiratory side of things. And that's that's not the only organ system that has been affected. Um, many individuals have long-term effects on their kidneys and are on dialysis, mm. uh, in addition to cardiovascular disease. And that's just that's not to mention the serious mental and psychological effects uh, that are probably going to be lifelong and everlasting afterwards. Even for people who haven't dealt with the infection itself. Right. It everybody touches everybody. Around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I won't say aside from COVID, but it, it may be a COVID case, but I... I I would like to know, what's the most interesting case that you've been presented with in your career? I've been so consumed with COVID for, what, 19 months <laughs> yeah. or longer, um, maybe a little bit longer, because I recall seeing um, some interesting blurbs and feeds come across my Google stream uh, back in October, November of 19, and uh, it kind of caught my attention, and yeah. I reached out to some of my pulmonary colleagues, and um, nobody was very interested at the time, but um, anyway, I've, I've been so consumed with COVID. I think that I will stick with that uh, in the spirit of COVID in this pandemic. And I'm going to say that it was the very first case of COVID that, that oh, myself and our yeah. partners had uh, encountered. Um, he was a family physician uh, here in the community. Mm. Uh, and he had an unusual case of pneumonia and respiratory failure. Uh, this started way back at the beginning of the pandemic, and it was before we really knew what we were dealing with or before there was any readily available testing. Yeah. Uh, we ended up sending samples to the CDC, which confirmed our budding suspicion that this was COVID. Um, uh, we treated him before there was really any knowledge or protocols. You know, There was no convalescent plasma yeah. No remdesivir, which is the antiviral medication. No tocilizumab, which is the interleukin-6 cytokine storm inhibitor. We didn't know whether to give systemic steroids, antibiotics, all the above. So we kind of did. We treated him with antibiotics. We treated him with steroids. Um, He had a rough course. He he had blood clots, which happens frequently with uh, COVID. He had renal failure requiring dialysis. He had cardiac arrest. He had a tracheostomy. It was a very long, long road, um, eventually recovered to the point of going home. 
Um, and I saw him back in my clinic a few months ago. Um, he uh, still requires a lot of assistance, but he's completely mentally intact. He's surrounded by a loving family, and uh, we just hope that he continues to improve. Right. And maybe someday he'll he'll get back to uh, being a physician again. Hard, hard stories, but some yeah. promising ones still yes. out there that we need to hear. Um, it, it, so in all of your career, what do you, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of the relationships that I've built with my partners and my colleagues. Um, they're like family to me, and I, I know that I wouldn't be here today professionally without their help and their support. Um, um, I'm proud of being able to care for critically ill patients, uh, watch them get better, and then walk back into my clinic with their grateful families, yeah. um, and then you know follow up with them long term. Um, I'm just also proud to be part of this community where I've grew up and spent my whole life and just hope that I'm providing some valuable service and giving back. Well, I can tell you that you are. And uh, thank you so much for joining us on the, on the podcast today. And it was a pleasure to have you. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Wonks at Work. You can listen to our bi-weekly podcast on our website, achi.net. A special thanks to the Bobby L. Roberts Library of Arkansas History and Art, which is a part of the Central Arkansas Library System for allowing us to use their studio to record. If you have any topics you would like for us to consider, please email us at achi at achi.net. As a reminder, the views, information, and opinions expressed by our podcast guests are solely those of the guests and do not necessarily represent those of the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The podcast does not constitute medical, legal, or other professional advice or services. We hope you've enjoyed our latest episode, and again, thanks for listening.